Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Well, hey everyone. Good morning. We wish that we could be there with you this morning, but we loved the stories that we got to hear beforehand. Yes. And we actually have some funny stories too. So I'm yeah. going to start with my story, but um, there's so many. I had to choose just one. But one time when we were um, potty training Liam, so he was probably a year and a half maybe, um, we were at a family function. I don't remember if it was a birthday party or a um, like baby shower or something, but there was lots of family from both sides. We were at my brother and sister-in-law's house, and um, I hear my sister-in-law, she's like running through the house, bust through the back door, and she tells us that Liam is pooping in her front yard. Oops. In the middle of town, on a residential street, everybody can see him out in the open, so... That was, yeah, country kids, <laughs> yes. sometimes there's a learning curve when country kids either go to the city or move to town. Yes, that's <laughs> right. So I'm like you and all you moms. I've got some funny mom stories too, but one of my favorite mom stories actually has to do with my mom and my sister. And so I'm going to show you the picture, but um, the picture you're seeing now was taken on one of our family vacations. Now we love to go to the mountains, and uh, so this was taken on one of those vacations, and then it was posted on social media either during vacation or after we got home. And some of you even commented on it, oh, looks like you must have had so much fun. The real funny thing behind the, behind the picture that we've really never told anyone is that picture's not of us. What? <laughs> we've never told anyone that it was my mom, my sister, and I. But my mom, my sister, and I, and the rest of our extended family, we were actually on an ATV ride. Yeah. And we came across this group of hikers that had been hiking for like two weeks, and they had carried, packed in everything with them. Wow. And so when they came up, up on us and we were eating fresh fruit, we were <laughs> eating strawberries and grapes, because we had big coolers with us. We could take anything we want. Well, these hikers that had been there for two weeks, um, they didn't have any fresh food left. They're like eating stuff that is like uh, dried and they have to rehydrate it with boiling water. They're eating that kind of stuff. And if you know my mom, she's never met a stranger. Yeah. And so she made friends with these people real quickly. And as they're walking away, it was so picturesque. My mom <laughs> took a picture of these three strangers. So and this great. picture has floated around. And many people have thought it was us. And yeah. we've never corrected them until today. <laughs> That's awesome. But I do think parenting and motherhood is one of those things where you really do have to learn to enjoy the moments because there's highs and lows and kind of everything in between. And so much of parenting is like, you know, a learning along the way kind of thing. Yes. And that's actually what Jen and I want to talk to you about today. So we don't think by any means we have it all figured out, no. but there is kind of a secret to motherhood that I want to share with you. And if we're honest, it's not just the secret to motherhood. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a secret behind like any kind of relationship. Yeah. Marriage, friendships. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so many times it's helped me resolve conflict mm -hmm. and it's just, it's really beneficial. And so before I tell you, I just want to say, um, I feel like this is a journey that we're on together and I feel like we're peers in this. Not that I've got it all figured out, but it's really been a gift in my life. And so we want to share it with you guys. And it's the gift of prophecy. 
I just think that God had this in mind for us since before we any of us were here, that he wanted to give us this gift to be a blessing really in all areas of our lives. Yeah. So, Jen, I confessed to you earlier today some of my like misconceptions yeah. of what prophecy was. Well, what do you think are some misconceptions out there? I think, for one, people think prophecy is like this old-timey, old-school, like way back in the Bible. Yes. You know, it's just like, it's prophecy. It sounds so like not modern. Yes. <laughs> it's not a word that we use in our no. everyday language. Yeah. And so it does feel archaic. Yeah. And so one of my misconceptions was I really thought prophecy was like the um, predicting of future events. And so that seems like so foreign and so out there. I'm like, yeah, yeah that that's and not for me. Really intimidating. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you don't want to predict it and get it wrong. Right. There's a lot <laughs> riding on the line here. Yes. <laughs> but so that we're all kind of at the same starting point, let's talk about kind of our definition of prophecy. So I think a simple way to clarify it is prophecy is hearing the voice of God and repeating it or hearing the verse of God, the voice of God and speaking it. Yeah. And so I love um, the picture of prophecy is an echo. And so we hear it and then we repeat it. Mm -hmm. We hear it and then we repeat it. So here's a story from my own personal life. So um, not too long ago, I was facing a really challenging conversation with a friend. So luckily she had sent me a text message. So I had like a warning yeah, that the tough, the tough conversation is coming. Yeah. But guys, what she told me was overwhelming. There were so many things just stacking up in her life, so many bad situations. Um, she leads a large ministry and she was ready to quit. So ready to quit, she had already like formulated an exit plan. Also, her one of her children who had been like making some really dangerous decisions like behind her back and sneaking around, now she was like overtly defying Christ and God and her parents. And then as if that's not enough, uh, a dear friend of hers betrayed her and it wasn't a private thing. She like, the friend made it public and it was just so hurtful and painful. And as all those things stacked on top of each other, then on top of all of that, just all of the pressures of that stuff happening was really putting a strain on her marriage where, you know, she thought that she always had this ally, mm -hmm. but now, you know, there was so much tension in the home that it was hard for them to feel like they were on the same team. Yeah. And so she came to me with all of these things and she's like, I really need some advice. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, whoa. Me? <laughs> yeah. one thing I might help you tackle, but all of this was just too much. Yeah. So I knew that I needed like wisdom and, and encouragement from God. So I asked God what he would have me say to her. And really what I wanted was like, these are the steps. One, two, three, have yeah. her do these things. And in five to seven days, everything will be fine. Life will be fixed. Yes, yeah. yes. That's what I wanted to happen. But instead, God gave me this word of encouragement for her. He told me, that the wounds that she's caring for today, that they would soon become st um, scars that would remind her of the faithfulness of God and that they would be trophies of victories that she can't even imagine. Wow. Well, guys, as I just kind of sat with that, so when God spoke it to me, I wrote it down. And as I just kind of like thought through that over and over, my confidence began to like rise. I couldn't wait to have a conversation with her. Yeah. And um, when, I, when I talked to my friend about it, she told me that after hearing that for the first time, she could imagine a different 
future than what she was experiencing right there. Yeah. That Satan had lied to her and told her, you feel this pain you're in right now? It's always going to be that way. There's no way out. It's always going to be this way. Mm -hmm. And all of that was a lie. And when she heard what God had to say over her situation, it did just breathe hope into her situation. Yeah. And I love that, that we're talking about like prophecy being an echo. Yeah. And she was hearing the wrong echo. Yes. And so what you said to her through God was like breaking that, the bad echo and giving her something else to echo over in her mind. Yeah. And, and that really is why that prophecy is not only the secret to motherhood, it's the secret <laughs> to so many things because yeah. we need to hear the voice of God in every area of our lives. Yeah. And there's not anything that carries quite as much like weight as parenting. Yes. Right? Yes. You're you're raising many gins and many bobbies. Yes. And like I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> it, there's nothing quite like that to humble you yeah. and to keep you praying. And that's why I really think that prophecy um is something that God has he had planned for us um way before we ever knew anything about it. Yeah. And um, there's lots of evidence of prophecy in the Old Testament. Like many of the books of the Bible are actually a reflection of the life of a prophet. Mm -hmm. But it's in the New Testament also. And it's available for us today. Yeah. So what's it look like in the New Testament? Yeah, so in um, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days... God says, I will pour out my Holy Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. And so what this tells us is that God's not finished. That he had a plan in the beginning, but he also has a plan for our future. And then there's more evidence that prophecy is still happening um, in Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians, it says, don't try to stop what the Holy Spirit is doing. Don't treat prophecy as if they weren't important, but test all prophecies and hold on to what is good. So when Paul's writing this, he knew that we would be skeptical. He knew yeah. that we would question ourselves and doubt ourselves. Yeah. And um, he knew that we would think things like, like I said earlier, prophecy is not for today. That's such an old-timey thing. and Or <laughs> it's intimidating. We can't do this. And yeah. so he knew that we would think all those things. But what he urges us in that verse is to welcome prophecy, but to don't miss out on the opportunity. Yeah. And so um, we talk about every every gift from God being perfect and good. And yes. this is just another one of those things. So um, we also find that, you know, sometimes when gifts are placed in human hands, although they're perfect coming from God... When they're placed in our hands, sometimes they can intentionally or accidentally get misused. Yeah. And so um, that I think that's part of the reason that he says, you know, test all of them yeah. and hold on to the good part. Yeah, yeah. Some of them won't be worth holding on to. When you say, you know, that gifts, gifts from God are all good, but sometimes in our hands we misuse them either accidentally or on purpose. It reminds me of um, growing up with a dad that had a pocket knife that never had a tip on it. Yeah. Um, and the reason is he would always use the pocket knife for things other than cutting. Now he cut with it also, yeah. um, but he would often like use it to pry something off or he would use it to back out a screw or something like that. And so the tip was always bent or yeah. non-existent. Yeah. And it's not the, it wasn't the knife's fault. There wasn't anything faulty with the knife. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anything bad with the giver of the gift. It was that the user used it improperly. Yeah. And so instead of us like throwing away gifts from God like prophecy, because maybe we've seen them misused before, 
that's that's a bad idea. We want to hold on to the gift because the, the gift is good. Yeah. And we can trust God. He's a good father who gives good gifts, and we can trust him. Yeah. So I want us to look at two other verses in 1 Corinthians, and we're going to learn a little more about prophecy from these verses. Now, we're going to read verse 1 and 3. Now, I'm not leaving out 2 because it's a bad verse. <laughs> yeah. 2 is an awesome verse, but I'm leaving out 2 because it covers another topic that I would love to share another time. Yeah. It's pretty cool, too. But let's read in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 and 3. It says, follow the way of love. You should also want the gifts the Holy Spirit gives. Most of all, you should want the gift of prophecy. The person who prophesies speaks to people. That person prophesies to make people stronger, to give them hope, and to comfort them. So I feel like the first thing we can learn from this is that our motivation should be love for God and people. Yeah. And honestly, um, my motivation, my example I gave you earlier, looking for advice for my friend, my motivation to begin with was not love for God and people. <laughs> my motivation was I wanted to be the rescuer. Yeah. I wanted to help. I, and there's not anything bad with that, right. but our motivation should really be love for God and people. Our motivation should never be to manipulate a situation, to get attention for ourselves, to get to gain power. None of those things. Just our motivation should be love for God and people. Yeah. And then I love where it says, most of all, you should want the gift of prophecy. So we should desire all of God's gifts. Every gift he has to give us is good. Hey, so you know that principle, you hunger for what you have tasted? Yes. Okay, it makes me think of this. Do you know there are actually people that don't crave Oreos? Wait, no. That <laughs> yeah. can't be possible. I have met them. <laughs> so the very first time that... Um, the Watoto Village sent people to visit Tucumcari. Yeah. Some stayed with us, and because they were from a village in Uganda, they had never seen or tasted Oreos, and they didn't crave them. Yeah. So to crave an Oreo or to crave prophecy or anything, you have to develop an appetite for it. Yeah. And we develop appetites just by exposing ourselves to right. them. Once you taste an Oreo, you will have an appetite. It's a, it's a whole new experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only decision will be, do I want single stuff or double stuff? It's always single. It's always single. <laughs> so, um, but we should desire the gifts of God, including prophecy. And we can grow our appetites by tasting and seeing. We can grow by exposing ourselves to them, by try it out. We can grow our appetite. And I hope that today your appetite for prophecy grows and you kind of develop more of an eagerness to hear what God has to say and then to repeat it. The next thing I want us to learn from this verse is to listen. we listen, then speak. So prophecy kind of has two parts. We hear God and then we say what he says. We tell someone. So in prophecy, we're cooperating with God. Right. It's not something God's doing all on his own. We're cooperating with him. And it takes boldness and courage to speak. And so yeah. often, Satan is whispering and saying, was that really God? Yes. You know, and kind of, he wants to silence us because he knows how powerful prophecy can be. Mm -hmm. And um, the last thing, and my, fav my favorite thing from this verse um, is that prophecy is always strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Yeah. It never tears down. It never shames. Right. And so earlier, um, I was reading, you read to us that the Bible says, test every prophecy yeah. and hold on to what is good. So um, this can be one of those tests. 
Is it encouraging? Is it strengthening? Is it comforting? Mm -hmm. If so, it's passed the test. Yeah. And then another test is, does it line up with the written word of God? Because God never contradicts himself. Right. As, as a parent, especially, I contradict myself a lot. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've told my kids, you are never, under any circumstances, allowed to take food into the playroom. Yeah. You know, that's after some big disaster, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing I know, friends come over, the kids are too loud in the living room, and I'm like, hey, kids, here's a snack. Go to the playroom and play. Yes. And so I contradict myself, but the Lord never does that. Yeah. And so another test for prophecy can be, does it line up with God's written word? Mm -hmm. So, um... I hope that this is stirring like an excitement and an eagerness for you to participate with God, to hear what he has to say and to share it with someone else. But you might also be sitting there going like, okay, well that sounds cool, but how? How does that work? <laughs> yeah. How does that work? Yeah. So we've got three questions that you can ask, that, that you can ask God that will kind of get, get things going, okay? Yeah. So Jen, what's the first one? So question number one is, what can I say to help keep someone going? So when you're thinking about like you encouraging your friend, mm -hmm. you wanna be strengthening and encouraging and comforting, yeah. but what do you say to make that happen? In yeah. some scenarios, we just, we don't have the words. Yes. And this is where we we learn to, you know, listen to what God wants to say, because yes. that's really what is important. Yes. And then another question that can get you going is, what has God spoken that I can confirm? So I really do believe that most people want to know and do God's will, but we don't trust ourselves to be able to hear him. Yeah. And so our simple encouragement, like go and do what the Lord has put in your heart, simple encouragement like that can really be it can really be life-changing to someone. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's one of the reasons why the, the church was started back in, in the very beginning of Christianity. Yeah. Because when believers come together, it's our opportunity to encourage one another. Yeah. And when we gather, conversations come up like, um, I'm having tests run next week. Or conversations like, I really want, I've got this idea to start a business. Yeah. And when we have those conversations, you know, instead of just like, yeah, okay, I'll pray for you. Instead, man, we need to ask God, God, what can I confirm in this person? What can I say to them, you know, to help nudge them toward fulfilling what God's got planned for them? Yeah, and so often I feel like if people are asking those questions, or if people are offering that information, mm -hmm. sometimes they're looking for that affirmation. They're yes. looking for the confirmation that they're making the right decision, or yes. they're looking for just encouragement. And yeah. and if we don't speak that, who does? Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that I uh, wrote down this week as I was kind of studying this is, think about this, you know, the statistics are staggering that a lot of people don't read their Bible, and that's God's Word. Yeah. And so you might be the only voice of God that someone hears. Yeah. And so, wow, what a what a powerful opportunity yeah. to hear what God has to say and repeat it. Yeah, almost a responsibility. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we've got one more question. And the last question you could ask God is, what pain have they experienced that, that God wants to comfort. 
And so the thing that comes to mind for me on this question is really kind of starts close to home. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll notice someone in my house, my kid, my husband, a close friend, I'll notice that they're like acting different. Mm -hmm. I got this vibe that like they had a really bad day or something had to happen. And yeah. you know what my tendency is? I like to nag the details out of them. Yes. What's wrong? Yes. <laughs> yes. There has to be more. Tell me yes. more. Yeah. But instead, I want to slow down and ask God, God, what pain have they experienced and what do you want to say to them to comfort them? Because my nagging is not helping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so often if they don't want to talk about it, you know, sometimes, sometimes God will just give you something to say to them and you can move on and you don't have to take on the responsibility of what is wrong. Yes. You can just, yes. you know, God told me to tell you this. Yeah. And then you can leave it in his hands. And yeah. Yeah, and he'll he'll do something great with it. Yeah. Yeah, so those questions I think can get you going to, you know, kind of what do I do now kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, but Jen, what if you ask those questions and you hear crickets? Silence. Yes, nothing. So I just feel like the the relation the prophecy starts with relationship with God. Yeah. You can't you can't do any of these things without the relationship with God. And so my encouragement is Man, stay in your word, stay close to Jesus, and just wait. Because yeah. sometimes in the waiting, that's when the best stuff comes. Yes. And I think that sometimes we may not get it right away. We may not get what God wants us to say right away because his timing is perfect, and we know that. And so sometimes he's not going to give it to us until it's the right time to say it. Yeah. And so I think that, um, you know, you're building that trust, just waiting on God. Mm -hmm. And then, then sometimes when it comes, you know that that is the right time and the right thing to say. And it's just that um, affirmation. So God will speak. He's faithful. He yes. will speak to you. And so what I would say is literally just keep asking. Yeah. You know, if you ask one time, you know, what does this person need to hear? What is, what do I need to say to them? And you don't get anything, just wait a little bit and keep asking because yeah. he will say something. And you know, if, um, another thing is if your memory is not as good, um, <laughs> as the next person's, you may need to write some things down. So yeah. I know a lot of times that we talked about this earlier, it can be really intimidating because we doubt and we have those moments like, well, does he really want me to say that? Because I'm not sure. Yeah. And so another thing you can do is just write that down in your phone, in your journal, in your Bible, and ponder it and pray over it and yeah. say, you know, God, is this really what you want me to say? Yes. And is there a better way that, is there a different way that I could say it or whatever? And I think that sometimes um, more things are revealed through that. But I think really just um, continuing to seek God and yeah. ask and ask and then just wait until the time is right. Yeah. So one of the prophecies that um, I remember writing down, it didn't feel that profound at the time, but as years have gone on, gone by, I, I stopped to write it down years later because I'm like, this God is like using this to really impact my life. So um, we have three kids and when the oldest was three years old, we were getting ready to dedicate the middle. Um, and so Amber is our oldest and she has always loved like eavesdropping on adult conversation. Yes. So even as a three-year-old, she's laying in her bed at night, the night before Dylan's baby dedication and she won't go to sleep mm -hmm. because she's eavesdropping on what her dad and I are talking about. And so I, I realize that the morning is going to be crazy unless she goes to sleep. So I go in there and in an effort to like bribe her or convince her that she <laughs> has to go to sleep right now, yeah. I start telling her that tomorrow is such an important day. It's not just any Sunday, but tomorrow 
tomorrow we're dedicating Dylan. Yeah. And listen, as adults, a lot of us are like, baby dedication, what is what that? What does that even mean? Well, as a three-year-old, she had the same question. Yeah. And so she asked what baby dedication was, and honestly, I had nothing good to say on a three-year-old level. <laughs> and so it wasn't like a profound, prayer-filled, long-waiting moment. Yeah. Instead, I just asked God, like in a split second, silently, I asked him, ooh, what do I say to this? Yeah. And what he told me was, well, what he told me, I didn't wait a minute, I didn't ponder it, I went ahead and repeated it to her right away, and I said, Amber, God gave us Dylan, and tomorrow we're giving him back to God. And guys, priceless, like only a three-year-old can. She said, but mom, I don't want to give him back. Yeah, he's ours. <laughs> he's ours, yeah. yeah. And so I went in, I, we kind of talked for just a minute, and um, I got all kinds of choked up just thinking about the gravity of we're really giving him back to God and whatever God wants to do. And so I, I explained that, you know, he'll live with us and he'll always be your brother and y'all will grow old together and, you know, he'll have kids and you'll have kids and those kids will be cousins. And we kind of talked through that. And eventually, I think I talked her to sleep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Finally. I'll go to sleep and you'll just stop talking. <laughs> yeah. All right. But um, that made for a really, like, memorable moment mm -hmm. for Amber and I and I think she remembers the story more than the moment because I tell the story a lot but it also created an echo an echo of prophecy in my heart and as as my kids have grown I've needed that reminder many times that my kids are not my own they're the Lord's and he's watching out for them and he's taking care of them so a few years down the line, Derek was out of town, and this is before we carried cell phones in our pockets. This is when we threw cell phones on the dasher in the cup holder. Yes. So Derek was out of the car, and, and Dylan fell and cut his head open and needed stitches, and I had to travel by myself with the three kids to get stitches. And I remember the Lord reminding me of the night before we dedicated Dylan. I remember God reminding me of that story with Amber, and it was so encouraging that the Lord is still taking care of my kids. Yeah. And then we fast forward a few years, and I get a phone call in the middle of the night. Okay, rewind. It wasn't the middle of the night, but I was in bed, so it was 9.30. Okay, <laughs> yeah. maybe 10, all right? Yeah. The middle of my night. Yes. So we, got a, we get a phone call, and it's one of our kids needing out of a tricky situation with a group of kids. And the Lord was with them when we weren't and was guiding them and helping them get out of, get, get out of trouble before trouble actually got there. Yeah. And now I look down the road and I look at things like college coming and my kids choosing their spouses. And I think about the careers that they'll follow and them moving. I think about all of these things. And, yeah. you know, I know that life just, you, you don't get through life without heartache. I know there's some kind, I know that there's heartache and joy ahead for them. Yeah. And whatever it brings, I just know that just like the Lord reminded Amber and I the night before Dylan was dedicated that my kids really belong to the Lord and he's taking care of them. I know that that's true for now and whatever the future holds. And I think it is so important, Jen, to write down prophecies because, yeah. you know, when we're tempted to quit or to give up and when we doubt, it does, it's so powerful for us to remember 
where why we started yeah and that's such a great that story is just such a great reminder that you know prophecy doesn't have to be this big flowery beautiful like paragraph that yes. you give to someone about their future it can literally be just that small voice yeah saying you know your kids are mine I'll yes. take care of them it, it can be the simplest thing and so I, I just want to encourage you today like don't be intimidated by those things yeah because prophecy sounds like this big powerful thing but the power really does come in the little words that God speaks to yes us. yes and so whatever the Lord says to you my encouragement to you is what Paul told Timothy when he said my son Timothy don't forget all that God has deposited within you escape from the empty echoes of men and the um, perversion of twisted reasoning escape from all of that and just um, cherish what God has deposited in you that's what my prayer is for you. I hope that God is stirring a hunger and like a desire to pursue prophecy and to listen to God's voice. And I hope that he's stirring courage to repeat it when God does speak. Um, you know, right now, I believe that God is probably bringing something to some of your minds right now. And if so, I hope that you are jotting that down or typing it in your phone. And I just pray that God gives you the courage to go ahead and speak it out because there is so much power in um, when you partner with God and he says it and you repeat it. Yeah, and just like earlier when we were talking about being intimidated and what do we do if we don't hear anything, I know that I've, I've been in this situation and so I feel like there's probably some of you out there that are in this situation too where you have something, you know you have something buried in your heart right now yes. that God has told you to speak to someone or even maybe over yourself. Um, so I'm encouraging you today to take that step and go speak it. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.